Jersey and Amanda. Jam Nation. We know Tim Winton for some of our favourite books, Breath, Cloud Street, Dirt Music, to name just a few. While storytelling in books is where we usually find his magic, this time he has something different in store for us on the screen. Ningaloo in West Australia is a place Tim has visited, he's loved, he's wept for, he's advocated for for over 30 years. And through a documentary, he's taking this place to the world. He joins us now to chat about it. Tim, hello. Oh, hi, how are you? And it's great to talk to you. I know that you don't like doing media interviews, so it's taking you some time to get to this point. We're thrilled. So it must be important. Oh, well, uh, yeah, it is important. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, it's been, a, it's been a long journey to make this, um, this program, and uh, yeah, I'm just glad I survived it, to be honest. Well, some extraordinary things do happen to you on screen, but first of all, for those of us that don't know much about the region, tell us about why it's so special and why, why it could be under threat. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's on the northwest coast of uh, Western Australia, which is um, you know usually better known for uh, you know mining and um, and, uh, and industrial activity. But it's just it's the last sort of pristine part of of northern Australia, um, and it has three main, main ecosystems: Ningaloo Reef, which is a fringing coral reef. Um, Cape Range, which is a, an arid uh, you know, uh, mountain range, and Exmouth Gulf, which is uh, an enormous estuary about 50 times the size of Sydney Harbour. And it's a kind of really rare place in that it's it's remote and pristine, and it's probably, if, if I can describe it this way, if you get in the water there, you'll see more charismatic megafauna, big animals, um, in one day than you will anywhere else in the world, including wow. the Serengeti. Um, the place is just teeming. Because it's it's on the edge, the shortest part of Australia's continental shelf, so it's where you know Australia hangs at the edge of the really, really deep water, at the edge of the abyss. Um, so all these animals are just coming in really, really close to, to shore. And, you know, so you can be with a whale shark, pop your head up and look at, at the desert, and you can see the beach and you won't see a building for 300 kilometers um so it's a it's a it's a rare experience and that's why people come from all over the world to to visit it and the reef itself is fair way off the coast isn't it no that's right on shore oh is it i was, it was yeah from... you can no it's a great barrier reef 20 you know nautical miles and you've got to go out and in a big tour and go out and see it at ningaloo you just walk off the beach, kneel down, put your face in the water, and you're in it. Um, and that's probably that's the glory of it, but it also means it's 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 fragile and needs to be well managed. When you said there's lots of big animals, what what big animals do you see? We see humpback whales, orcas, um, uh, whale sharks, which is the biggest fish in the sea, manta rays, four species of turtle, three species of dolphin. Um, uh, dugongs, you know, the list goes on and on. Huge stingrays. You can swim with a tiger shark if that's your thing. Um, it happens to be my thing, but um, <laughs> it uh, makes the heart go pitter pat. I can tell you. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but, um, how, how does yeah, that? It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. How does that become a thing to swim with tiger sharks? Do you, do you do it by accident to start with, and then you go, oh, this is cool. Uh, well, you can you can do it as part of a tour. Um, it's it's. Uh, 
it's a pretty lovely thing to be in a shallow water lagoon where you know the world is turquoise and mm. all the ripply bottom and the, and the tiger's you know just a big mellow animal just waiting for a sick turtle you know as long as you don't look like a sick turtle <laughs> and, um, all right. you know if you haven't got a hangover and you're, and you're not carrying a really huge backpack you're half a chance you know but um, they're just yeah there's just so many big beautiful animals that you can get up close to and I, and I think it's good for humans to to be in a, in a pristine place that's still intact mm-hmm. um, and alive because it reminds us what the world is and has been. And the places like Ningaloo are places that we've made smart decisions about, sometimes tough and bold decisions about uh, in order to preserve them. Um, and it's a kind of a beacon of hope to me that we can we can do this at other places um, and and save great ecosystems for our children's children. You know, I've got four grandkids now. Um, I want them and their kids to be able to experience what I've had at Ningaloo over 30 years, which is just bulk moments of joy. You know, we just... You come back to the beach where you climb back into the boat just talking gibberish because you can't believe what you've just seen. Oh, how brilliant. Tell us about um, the moment with tagging the dugong, which was much harder, I imagine, than it sounds. Yeah, I mean, it is, we we uh, were able to, as part of the show, fund um, uh, science expeditions, um, so, so to to be able to participate in you know, new science and increase um, knowledge while we were while we were shooting, which was great. So we we um, helped the first tagging um, expedition of dugongs in Exmouth Gulf. It's a global sort of stronghold for them, and these are you know these are. Big animals, you know, they're 400, 400, 500 kilos, um, and you know they're in these herds of hundreds, and um, you sort of you have to kind of, you know, it's a little bit like you know, it's a little bit like rounding up cattle. You you pick one off the edge, and then you you have to. Uh, they swim pretty fast for a mellow animal, and you jump off a jet ski onto it, and, and then a whole team of scientists join you, and you're you're trying to hold the animal, and you swim it back to the boat. You have to do it in very shallow water or it'll drown you because um, everyone's wearing crash helmets. Wow. Because <laughs> uh, it's, wow. you know, it's a big, strong animal and it's, and it's understandably trying to rub you off against the bottom the way a, a horse will rub you off against a tree. Mm. Um, and then, you know, you get it into a sling, um, get it calm, you sort of reassure it that you're not going to eat it or do anything, you know, weird to it, although you actually do some weird things to it because you, you, you're kidnapping it for science, right? right. And it feels <laughs> like it's been kidnapped by aliens and it sadly it does involve the probe but um <laughs> so you have to sex it um then they take oh. dna and we put you know satellite tags on and do all this stuff but honestly to hold uh, a 450 kilo um, mammal in your arms which is not normally illegal but you know you're doing this under scientific permit it's a it's a pretty rare and amazing experience and this animal's just looking at you thinking dude you know all i was doing was eating seagrass <laughs> <laughs> like, this up my bum what's, the, what's this about yeah the dugong goes get your hand out of my bum goes home to the family you won't believe the day yeah. i had today that's right marge you know <laughs> because they abducted me they took me they and the probe <laughs> didn't in the old days the old sailors didn't they think the dugongs were were mermaids yeah, and look, they they do have uh, 
they're different to a dolphin uh, or a whale, you know, because you know dolphins and, and whales have a single spiracle, a single blowhole. Um, these guys have two nostrils, you know, a bit like Dino out of uh, the Flintstones, mm. which is a generational, obviously a generational reference that half the listeners won't get. But, we get um, it. Um, but they have a face. I mean, it's a face that only a mother would love. Let's be honest. Mm. Um, but uh, they they really do, you know, and you can feel where they used to have shoulders. Like I can, I guess if you're at sea for two years, um, <laughs> and you know, unless you're the cabin boy, you haven't had any action. Um, <laughs> you yeah, you could probably imagine that these were um, these were mermaids. But you um, weren't you weren't tempted, Tim. Uh, no, no. Um, put it this way: they eat seagrass, and you're right up in their face, and they've they've got they've got sort of vegan breath, you know, oh. you know, fasting vegan breath that's just come out of the gym. <laughs> so no, wasn't 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 tempted, no, you know. It's not for you. <laughs> not for me. You'd rather swim in a crevice. Oh God, yeah, I've done some. I've, yeah, I've done some weird yeah. things for the show, you know, having to. Having to go twenty meters underground oh. to see yeah. these blinds. I don't know how Makes you did that. I couldn't do sick. that. Yeah, well, you know, I, I probably wouldn't have done it unless I was made to do it. You know, um, yeah. Look, it's you know, I had some exciting, mm. exciting experiences. I got to, um, I got to hang off the front of a whale shark, which is also illegal, um, and take uh, parasites off its lips as part of a oh. part of a scientific program. You can, you can. It's just like it's a. It's like hypnotising a chicken. If, mm. you, if you pick the, except it's nineteen thousand kilos of <laughs> yes. animal, but yeah, you, scientists have found a way of stopping the whale shark in the water by picking parasites off its face, and if just the thing just slows down in in the water, it's it's pushing you backwards. You know, you mm. have, you've got to get in front of it and scratch its face, and it comes over all funny, and then it slows down, and then it goes vertical and pushes you up uh, to the surface. Yeah. Which is nice because you're holding your breath and you're, you're hoping that it will. Otherwise, you're going to you're going to drown. Mm. Um, and it just stops dead in the water and lets lets you clean it like the way the cleaner fish does. Yeah. Mm. And then the scientists come in and put their put all their instruments on it and take take DNA, uh, put the ultrasound on it to uh, check its organs. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, mm. otherwise you'd have to kill it to study it. Oh, yeah, we don't so, so, No, I mean half half the population's sort of disappeared in the last 70 years yeah. so they're, they're, in, they're in bad nick at Ningaloo that's a it's a haven for them and as soon as they leave the safety of the of the marine park they're in trouble you know, in the world's oceans well so people still kill whale sharks yeah there's, um, you know there's there's poor people in the Pacific um, mm. in, in, in the Asian areas that'll uh, that'll either kill it because they're afraid of it or kill it because it's you know there's 19,000 kilos of meat mm. um, it's it'll be 19,000 kilos of meat that's full of mercury so I wouldn't recommend it don't um, eat it with your chips but um, not everybody knows that and um, so look you know there's a lot of lot of animals that you know have a haven and a sanctuary at Ningaloo that um, are in trouble elsewhere just because there aren't protections mm. elsewhere and you know we're just trying to get that story out about how precious these these animals are um, I mean look Ningaloo is a classic place um, for recovery when I was a kid I lived in the Australia's last whaling town mm. uh, in Albany and um, in, in whaling only stopped in Australia in 1978 I was 18 and at that time, there were only 300 humpback whales left in the Western population. So that's right on the very brink of extinction. Um, because 
because our, we made our government stop whaling, um, uh, all these years later, there are now 30 or 40,000 humpback whales in the same population. That's um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a, just a great good news story. It's yeah. the biggest conservation success story of my lifetime. Um, wow. And you can go to Ningaloo and see them where they have their babies and where they're resting in Exmouth Gulf. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a wonderland. The problem is that um, Ningaloo Reef and Cape Range, um, thanks to, you know, the work of conservationists and scientists, um, was listed in 2011 on the World Heritage List. Um, Exmouth Gulf was supposed to be part of that listing, but it got, um, well, there was political interference and politics won out over the science. Um, there were some industrial interests at work, and that meant that um, the Gulf got carved out of, uh, of the World Heritage Area. And that means that, the, you know, developer developers can still, you know, are still constantly trying to um, industrialise this incredible waterway, mm. which is, um, you know, it's a dugong stronghold and this, uh, you know, the, the most significant uh, humpback whale refuge in the country. But you're bringing it to our attention, Tim, which is great. This is great. Yeah, yeah. We're just, you know, doing what we can to, um, to, you know, to get people to take it seriously. I mean, thankfully, and we've, we've been working the past five years. The WA government is um, committed to making uh, the Gulf a marine park, mm. um, and we're trying to get um, our federal environment minister uh, to uh, put the Gulf on the national register of heritage, and that's a pathway. To to get it back onto world heritage. And surely tourism for it would be better than, say, mining or whatever they do around there. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's, you know that we, we don't want people drilling for oil or building deep water ports. There's a, there's, a, there's a mob who wants to build a deep water port right in the middle of the whale refuge, mm. um, you know, a kilometre long mm. wharf that juts straight out. You know, so you can imagine the pile driving, the massive yeah. dredging, the intense heavy shipping. That's just, you know, wrong place, you know. It's, um, so, look, I, I think... I think people will see the sense of uh, looking after this place and the, the you know, the, the, the kind of the risks involved in industrialising it just um, are irresponsible. Uh, and I, I think a show like Ningaloo, you know, hopefully will um, will help people understand just how rich the place is, how fragile it is, and what we've got to do to look after it. Tim, it's interesting you're talking about the last whaling station. I'm 61 years old, and when I was a kid, we lived in Perth for two years, and we went. I wasn't exactly sure where we were, but you've just described where we went for a holiday and I saw a whale being flensed and I've yep. never gotten over it. And I told people that I had a childhood memory and no one believed me, but it would have been the very tail end of that. Mm. Yep, yeah, that's right. I mean, there's, there's nothing quite like seeing a sperm whale having its head sawn off with a mm. steam-driven saw. Um, you know, I, when I went to high school there, I saw one live whale during my whole high school years, and now you go to Ningaloo and I can see 50 in the morning. Wow. Um, but, you know, yeah, that was a pretty amazing confronting experience when you were a kid. You know, you, yeah. you would have been at the Frenchman Bay whaling station. I bet you still got the smell of it in your hair. It's the smell. I can yeah. still smell it. Other kids went to Disneyland, and that's where <laughs> yeah. we went. Yeah, I mean, it was a tourist thing. I mean, we used to we used to go out there and watch the tourists throw up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were simple country kids, you know. <laughs> That's, it's simple. They were different times, weren't they? <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. I mean, it's just, uh, it, it was just so, um, 
Yeah, but I learned from that. You know, mm. these were really fundamental um, experiences for me, and they made me interested in marine science. They made me interested in the in the in the, in the natural world, mm. and they and they made me a defender of the environment. Um, you know, I, I love storytelling, and you know that's my caper. I I, mm. I write books for a living, but um, I, I do this other stuff um, in my in in my other life. Um, so that um, so that our kids kids can can kind of revel in the riches and the glory that we have here in Australia. We've got so much diversity, so much richness, um, and we take it for granted. And um, you know, we're really at the risk of running the risk now of um, passing on to our children's children uh, a kind of an impoverished state. You know, we're trading while insolvent in many instances, and. Um, if if we were a business in terms of our mm. our stewardship of uh, of the natural world, you know, we'd be we'd be you know we'd be in jail basically. Mm. Well, then maybe there's a book in it, a, a story of a man and a, a love of a dugong, and even though she's a vegan, it can probably with terrible you, breath. Yes, yeah, that's come right. Around. It's like come you can just imagine, you know. <laughs> uh, Ill-fated love. Ill-fated love. Well, Tim, it's illegal love. <laughs> I think it would. I, I don't know what the rule is on. Uh, well, it's mammals, you know. So yeah, true. yeah. Well, there you go. And we are cousins. But, yeah, um, okay. yeah no, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a law against it. But look, um, it, it's uh, it's platonic. It's platonic. Uh, my love, my love for the world is pretty passionate. But um, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, doesn't mean that it's not platonic. No, I think you're protesting a bit too much there, Tim. <laughs> Okay. Damn, you got me there. <laughs> Just answer the questions. Uh, t- Tim Winton, it's great it's to talk the, to you. It's the vibe of it, Your Honour. <laughs> Ningaloo is on right now. It's streaming on the ABC, and really it's such a, a great watch. Thank you for joining us, Tim. Oh, pleasure. Thanks for having me.